Hello, everybody, and welcome to football season. It's almost here, 24 hours away by the time we actually drop this, and we are bringing you one last episode of the Holtcast for the summer. Uh, Jack is busy out somewhere in the wilds of Western North America, somewhere between California and Canada. I'm not exactly sure where, but we wanted to make sure to bring you an episode anyway, so we are bringing on for his Holtcast debut, James Rushton, making his debut. Welcome on, James. Uh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're glad <laughs> um, to have you here. Yeah. I mean, I listen to this podcast almost uh, every week when I can. It's obviously being a part of the team, but it's still pretty cool to be on a podcast you listen to. So yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty weird. Yeah, a bit surreal. We're glad. If if you don't know James, you should definitely know his work on the site. He's done some fantastic stuff, including a story yesterday, by the time this drops, um, that's not uplifting or happy, but a really good story about Villa Park's uh, disability seating. And what did you find in that story? Oh... I don't know where to begin with this story. I mean, uh, looking, it's just on the BBC, uh, just general looking for Villa News uh, when that's not on here. Something might bigger might be going on. Uh, I saw this story about Premier League letting down their fans and obviously initial thoughts, oh, it's obviously Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool letting them down. No, in fact, it's actually Aston Villa who are meant to be one of the biggest supporters of their community, but they're clearly failing in one key aspect and that's letting people who are less able-bodied into the into the ground so yes i felt something needed needed to be done that wasn't really what i was thinking when i wrote it i just wanted to write it but clearly there needs to be something done and i hope people getting angry and speaking about it is the first step to that yeah absolutely i think you found something along the lines of uefa has a recommended number of seats for disabled people in villa are somewhere around 41 percent was it yeah i mean it was pretty hard report to read i'm no analyst i can't really differentiate between the statistics but these, uh, this quota was set in 2004, and it's, what, 11 years later, almost 12, and Villa are 49% of that quota. Whilst yeah. clubs like Swansea are 121%, it's, uh, it's kind of not on, but there we go. Hopefully that can be sorted in the future. I mean, it is a pressing issue, but I'd rather see the club stay up, I think, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think so. It's, I mean, you know, if they stay up, they'll be able to have the money to be able to sort out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything comes down to getting it right on the pitch, so... There we yeah. go. Absolutely. And we reached out to the club. They may have made a comment by the time this podcast drops, so check the site. Um, but you would also know, James, if you haven't yet, please do start uh, from running our Facebook feed. You turned it into uh, from a feed that just dropped a story every now and again to something that's actually enjoyable to follow. So uh, make sure you check out our Facebook page. It is all the great work of James there. Um, but that's not what we're here for today. We're here <laughs> no. today to pump up the 2015-16 season. Where do you think Villa yeah. finished? Let's start with the big question. <sighs> Flipping out. It could be anywhere. We could get relegated or we could finish eighth. It's one of those ones. It really is. I mean, uh, I was speaking to my dad about it the other day. He's always, always my benchmark for where my opinions lie. If it's following his, I know I'm dead on. And he goes, if they don't gel, we're going down. All these new signings. But then again, if they do gel, <laughs> we're up there. We could be having nosebleeds from the altitude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, the thing that really strikes me about the Premier League is it doesn't take a lot to get from, you know, 12th to 8th. There isn't a huge difference mm. there. Um, yeah. And and I think we saw under Sherwood last year, this was a team that, had they been under Sherwood all year, probably could have finished in that 12th range. And, and so 8th seems plausible. Do you think we've improved from last year? It's hard to say. I mean, there's been a lot of talk recently about how much we moved on from the FA Cup final. 
Um, we've lost and gained so many players just just in a space of a few months. It's hard to say if we've improved. I mean, watching players like Amavi in the uh, Nottingham Forest game, you think, wow, we've got something special. Then you'll see Gabby Abanglahor fall on his ass, and you think, oh, same old, same old. It's we just got a fresher, you know, a fresher left back. Uh, so hopefully we'll see when uh, when Saturday comes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I is Amavi the player you're most excited about? Oh, no, I have to say it's uh, Rudy uh, Gisted. Yeah, I'm really excited about that because you don't know what you got got with him. But looking at what he did for Blackburn last year out of nowhere, I mean, he's going to have better a better supply at Villa, and hopefully, he's a bit unexpected. He can get the drop on a few people, maybe that haven't uh, done the best scouting on him, maybe or their scouting goes on people like AU, uh, you know. So hopefully that can be our surprise package and he can really uh, deliver for us. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, I've got a story dropping later today um, in which I make the point that I think Rudy Gestead was someone who was made for Jordan Amavi. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, if uh, Sinclair can get on the end of him and he's not the tallest fellow, is he? And, uh, you know, if Gestead's there waiting for that ball to drop in, I'm not sure where he's uh, scoring ends, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. The the one thing I've heard from a lot of other Premier League fans is that they think Gestead is a, a little bit overrated. Um, and I can kind of see where they're coming from. You know, he's not proven in the Premier League and everything. Uh, do you think his aerial game, that's that's the part I'm really counting on, his aerial game translating. Do you think that's where it's at, or does he have some other skills that could really help us? I've, I've seen a, he's a pretty good finisher. I mean, uh, he's at the same level as Gabby is finishing, and he's not the worst finisher, is he, uh, uh, Gabby? So, uh yeah, I think he's all right. I mean, uh, when I watched the highlight video of him, I was, all I saw was this one header, and he comes out of nowhere, and this is like a total computer game header. He hits it from the edge of the box of his head, and it's going at such a pace, no one can see it. And if he can pull stuff like that for, for, for us at the Premier League level, I'm not, yeah, as I said, I'm not sure where it ends with him. Uh, overrated, I can see that. Yeah, I can totally see that. But who isn't? I mean, Liverpool fans thought Benteke was overrated until he scored for them. So, yeah, overrated. Where does that end? I mean, everyone can be overrated. Did you see that Benteke goal, by the way? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm friends <laughs> with a Liverpool fan at work, and he was he was raving about Benteke, and that was the first thing he sent to me uh, Monday morning. Look at this goal, and I was like, well, I've already seen it. I'm a fan of the player. Yeah. Uh, I this mean, world, yeah. He, it was, if you haven't seen it, just, you know, search YouTube for Benteke Liverpool goal. It was... <laughs> Insane. He gave them... He gave them his best goal as his very first one for them ever. I mean, it was just, it was the perfect Benteke goal. Yeah, I think it might have been yourself that said this, but I did see something where it's like, if you see Benteke chest the ball on the edge of the box, you know something insane is going to happen, and that is the perfect truth. He'd done it against Manchester United, and he'd done it against Swindon. I know there's no, uh, there's a big gap between them, but still that level. <laughs> I've just, you know it's when it's going to happen. He's got his uh, tells, if you will, of when he's going to do something insane, and you know just to watch. And hopefully, I mean, he's he's gone now, but I hope Liverpool fans do get the enjoyment we've had out of him. So, yeah. yeah. Not uh, against us, though. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I hope he gets injured against us or, you know, lightly injured. Nothing terrible. I'm yeah, not, of course. Yeah. <laughs> lightly injured uh, before he has to play Aston Villa. Yeah, maybe a bit of a sniffle, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got a cold. He can't play today. Uh, yeah. He's got the Villa Park diarrhea that we had against Arsenal. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we've got that. We've got Idrissa Gay. Um, since the last time we podcast, we added God, who all did we add? We added Gisted. We added uh, Jose Angel Crespo. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, who can forget him? Um, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, he's one of Villa's most forgettable performers. I mean, so far, I mean, he's already been injured, but he's just face. You just you know him. I mean, uh, <laughs> you can't forget that image of his, just his face and his beard and you know these mannerisms, and he just looks a bit Napoleon Dynamite. And I mean, I can I can see him becoming quite a Mustafa Salafu fan favorite. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think he's going to be one of those players that plays, you know, once every month or so, and fans <laughs> just love him. Yeah, he might score the odd goal against like Blackburn in the FA Cup, and that's it, him done. His career highlight forever. Yeah, um, exactly. Like yeah. Antonio Luna getting that first goal against Arsenal and then yeah. disappearing forever. Yeah, I mean, he could have played as bad as he did, but that goal against Arsenal sets him up. I mean, you can't hate him after that. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Um, so. You would say overall this was a pretty successful summer despite losing a few oh, yeah. players? I mean, I've seen some people comment in The Guardian and, and you know, the big newspaper saying this is probably one of the best transfer windows a club has ever had considering what we were facing. We were definitely facing losing Benteke. We were possibly facing losing Dow for much more. We possibly faced a team show against that because we didn't even know who would buy the club. And, you know, the turnaround he's had, we've bought, we've filled every... Uh, hole that we've had in this squad I mean, and more yeah and then some you know we've got we've added creative players Carlos Hill has stayed we're keeping Jack Grealish we've got so much creativity at the front I'm worried where it all go because you'll have to get rid of some of these guys in the future but yeah I think it has been if not one of Villa's best transfer uh, windows it's been one of the best transfer windows for a club in recent memory yeah especially when you consider how limited Villa have to be financially yeah I mean they sold Benteke and Dalfa managed to get almost a whole entire squad out of those two players. Of, I wouldn't say equal ability, but definitely within touch and distance of those players. Yeah, I'm not um, sure if anyone's. I I think maybe we found someone of the equal to Delph. No one's going to go close yeah. to Benteke. Oh no, I but, think. Yeah. But there was so much improvement in other positions that I think it comes out as a net gain. Yeah, I mean, between Veritu, I'm not sure how, if that's how you say the name. I haven't heard it yet. Uh, Veritu and Gay. I mean, you've got two Delphs there, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to look what these guys can actually do. I'm not even sure how we can fit them onto the pitch, if I'm being honest, but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely looking to be shaping up to be something special. Yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of potential there. Um, and and Veritu, uh, Veritu, Veritu, yeah. Jordan, Jordan V. Yeah. Uh, Jordan V is sort of almost becoming the forgotten player because we've only gotten to see him for about 40 minutes in preseason. Um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's hard to remember. I mean, there's uh, the memorable players because of their appearance, like Gestead and Crespo. There's the memorable players of performance, like Gay and Amavi. And then you've got Jordan V on the side, and you're not sure where he quite stands within your memory. Um, but then, obviously, you'll come onto the pitch, uh, come the season and do some amazing stuff hopefully that will get you in his place in the team and a player who really wanted to be at villa uh you know his his old club president let him go for cheaper yeah. if we believe the guy let him go for cheaper just because jordan wanted to be at villa so badly yeah i'm not sure if i fully believe him when he says that but i'm not obviously money's not going directly into his pocket that 10 million 15 million whatever but yeah i mean that's quite a statement to make i mean Leicester and Villa aren't too far in distance, but they are in a that whole that quality of the club. Villa have got a lot more history, a better history, a better feeling than Leicester at the moment. They've uh, had a few dodgy months, and we won't, probably won't go into that. I've been into a, if you've read my articles, I've went into that a bit too much. But yeah, I'm not surprised he chose Villa. I'm not surprised the president let him go to Villa. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of Lester, you recently penned maybe my favorite series I have ever seen at the site, Reasons to Hate Every Single Premier League Team. Yeah. Let's dive into this really quickly. Go ahead, yeah. Who do you hate the most? I did say Tottenham yesterday, but I think I've uh, lightened up on that. It has to be Leicester, I think. I just They have this attitude I don't like. Um, I mean, on the pitch, when you see Matt James square to Kieran Clark, and you're like, you're just a small club. Uh, keep it down. If you stay up, that's good. Just keep your respectability. I know uh, Villa haven't had the best uh, in terms of respectability in terms of fighting on the pitch and crowding the ref and getting sent off. But what I saw against Leicester made me actually hate them. <laughs> you know, squaring up, kicking off, uh, trying to get people sent off. And Nigel Pearson is a... Oh, I, there's many words I could use to describe him, but complete sociopath is probably the most descriptive. Uh, he's an evil man, <laughs> let's put it simply. I, I, did, uh, you, did you even spare a thought for Leicester before last season? No, not really. I think I kind of liked them before last season. I mean, they were all right. You know, I like. I kind of like Wolves. I kind of like Warsaw. Uh, Leicester were kind of their Coventry, maybe, uh, in terms of Midlands clubs. Um, but Leicester really annoyed me last season. Just the way they they were in both matches, the way they hated Alan Hutton for scoring against him. I mean, I don't get that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can understand them hating Kieran Clark for, like, smacking uh, one of their players <laughs> about uh, well, Alan Hutton just scored against them, and he doesn't score much. I think you just let him off with that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I've, I'm not sure I've ever had a club go from I have no feelings about them to hatred more quickly than I did with Leicester. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously spoken a lot about my history, West Bromwich, uh, in articles and in my personal life. But to be honest, Leicester, I hate, like, I actually almost hate them as much as Birmingham City. Uh, there's no question because it's that rivalry developed on the pitch, not just because you're close. It is developed on the pitch. I mean, when Leicester and Villa do play, you've noticed over the three games they played, it was just getting more and more ferocious until Clark like, done that astonishing tackle in the FA Cup. And you could tell he was going in for the red card and he was going to nobble that player. He got away with the ball, completed this amazing tackle. Everyone's furious. And then now we've got this whole storyline going into this season of, where, where will they stand and where will we stand and we'll, we'll be facing off soon. So hopefully there's uh, some fireworks to be expected. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, in the interest of keeping this, you know, mm -hmm. quick and tight today, yeah. let's turn to Burnmouth here. Burnmouth making their first ever Premier League appearance. Um, it's, is this a, a match that Villa have a hope in hell of winning? Yeah, I mean, they have to. If I'm being completely honest, they have to win this. Otherwise, you don't know where we could end up. Come the end of the season, I mean, last season, you're looking at the league table. You see, we're six points off being in a really good position. This is an this is a three points we can pick up that we will need come the end of the season. I mean, we could we we're not sure what where we'll end up. So any three points that looks like we can get, even if it's a you know a one nil win away at Southampton or a three nil win at Bournemouth, you've got to take it. And yeah, I think Villa have to win this, and they should be winning this. Yeah, I think there's a really decent chance they lose come next Friday against Manchester uh, yeah. United because we literally can't beat Manchester United. So this is the chance to solidify yeah. all the good feeling from the summer. Yeah, put Villa. everything into action and say this is what Villa are going to be. Yeah, Villa haven't got the roughest first couple of months. I mean, there is a few dodgy spars, but they they need to pick. This is where they need to pick up the points. So unfortunately, we have got a lot of those new players who do need to gel. So if we can hit the ground running we should have an amazing first start of the season to set us up for the uh, Christmas period. But yeah, come Manchester, I, I can't see us 
beating Manchester United at all. I mean, we'll just have to go at them and we'll lose 6 0, but you know, we've got to go for it, I think. If yeah. we sit back, we're beaten. If we go for it, we're beaten. Just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so against Burnmouth, who do you put out there? Which of the new players get a, a run out for you? Um, there are two. Uh, Gay, obviously, Amavi, no question. Richards, no question, he's the captain. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. put the captain out there. Yeah, I like uh, how they made Gabby the club captain because he's not really good enough to be the actual captain, so they made him like this, just this captain. Yeah. But nonetheless. Um, You're the mascot of the team. That's basically what they said to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I'll start... I wouldn't start Gested. I think I'll keep him as a super sub. Him and Gabby come on like, in the second half, maybe, if we nil-nil. So um, you maybe do, like, an Ayu Kozak up top? Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm thinking. Um, it is kind of like a Benteke Gabby pairing in the sense that one's fast and a bit, a tiny bit skillful. And uh, one's just big and clever and as good with his feet, like Kozak is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of the wings, I'd just like to see Hill and Sinclair maybe just a basic, simple 4-4-2. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Hill because I think he's still nursing that from Swindon. Yeah, I keep forgetting if it's uh, no, Hill. Oh, that's just upsetting. I really want to see him just kickstart a really good season. I think he, I think he will, but I definitely think we see Sinclair. I mean, if if we weren't going to the hat trick against Nottingham, uh, basically mm. ensured that he gets at least. Yeah. One yeah, I mean, he's just a better Gabby, isn't he? Really? <laughs> yeah, he's exactly the same, but he's just a better one. Yeah, he's not quite as pacey as Gabby, yeah. but. You know, the way Gabby wastes possession, the way he wastes chances, yeah. th- there's no point in all that pace. It's, yeah, just, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, his uh, first touch is so bad. His yeah, second touch is a sliding tackle, not just a tackle. <laughs> he has to do everything to get it back. At this uh, point, his pace is almost a liability because it really just means because we know he's going to give the ball away. It just yeah. means he gives the ball away more quickly. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those players and you don't know what you've got. He can end up being Villa's top scorer come you know, next May, just because of lucky goals, because he's always there in the right place. But starting off, his pace is so bad, it sometimes gets him goals because it just bewilders the defence. And sometimes he ends up booting it into the corner flag because it bouts off his shin pad. Um, I don't see Gabby starting much games, if any, to be honest. Um, he's a super sub at best. And I mean, that's a great role for him, to be honest. Let him start yeah. cup matches, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd like to see hopefully Callum Robinson and a bit of Gestead get a few games under them. But yeah, I can't see why he wouldn't start. I mean, he's still got a bit of that. He used to be on the wings with Ashley Young, so maybe there's a role for him there. I can't see that, though, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. We just wanted to be short and sweet today. Any final words, any final thoughts before we head into what is sure to be Maybe not a great season, but sure as hell a different season than anything we've had for half a decade. Yeah, I think I'd just advise Villa fans to uh, keep an open mind about this season because it could drastically go both ways. I mean, we could be we could be a championship club come May if it all goes to pot, but I can't see that happening. I mean, at worst, we're looking at 16th possibly. At best, we could be 8th, 7th. So yeah, yeah, just keep an open mind and just follow the club. Yeah, I totally agree, and and I think the the words to keep in mind for the first month are don't freak out. It's yeah, of course. Yeah. For a month. And I mean, there's so much potential there that I think it can turn around really quickly once it does turn around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we lose against Bournemouth, Man United, keep going on losing, then worry. But if we just lose against Bournemouth, I can't see us being that bad. I mean, we'll have to pick up points somewhere, and we always do. Um, 
we've come close to relegation last year. We got a better squad than last year. So I can't see us getting relegated. But there you go. It's Villa. Anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. So, well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, make sure to follow James. It is at Jamo Rushton, correct? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Jamo Rushton. And, of course, you can follow us at 7500 to Holt or check out the site. We will have going up. This will drop about 24 hours before the first match. We've got a couple of preview essays coming up today. We've got our How to Watch match video. Alex will have a match preview up today. And be sure to check out. I've left it right on top of the front page for everyone to be able to look at our season preview module. We've got all sorts of great stuff, including a look from Herbert on some of the dilemmas that Tim Sherwood faces. We've got some betting odds. And we've got Adam's really excellent tactical look at what the season has to come. So that's it for today. We'll be back next week again. And thanks, as always, for joining us on the Holtcast. For James Rushton, I'm Robert Lintott. Have a good one, and up the villa.